Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Hey, welcome into a What's Your Beef Wednesday edition of the Morning Rush. Arkansas and Texas A&M tonight inside of College Station, 8 o'clock, ESPN2. Chuck and Z will have your pregame show courtside at 7.30. Chuck's going to join us in about 30 minutes. I haven't been really angry in a while on a Wednesday, but I'm actually mad this morning. Why? Isaiah Joe is leading... The National Basketball Association three-point percentage and was not invited to the three-point contest. They let Hmm. Jason Tatum, who is outside the top 100, and while he is in the MVP race and while the Celtics are probably the best team in the league, he has been invited. But Arkansas' own Isaiah Joe, who again is leading the NBA in three-point percentage, and has had a wonderful season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Got screwed out of a chance to participate. I, I saw that announcement yesterday, and I was pissed off. I was clearly so the mad. NBA hates hates Arkansas. I guess, right? man. Refs, the NBA, the refs, yeah. the SEC. Let's blame I mean, it on the refs. But where's the logic in that? And I didn't plan okay, on being I, mad this I, morning. Let me just just because you love this. I mean, this is one of your favorite. You know, bleep eating grins phrases you like to throw at me. Let me play devil's advocate. Um, yeah. yeah, you love to say that. So, how many three point baskets has he made? Percentages can lie to you. And I have never went down to Arvest Bank and deposited percentages. You can't deposit percentages. So, okay, you talk about percentages. One of two would be 50%. You could lead the league. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's a minimum probably to even qualify for the list, but, yeah, and I don't know, so I'm asking. When you look at made baskets in comparison to the other leaders in the league, where does he rank? And that that would tell me whether there's basis for your anger or not. Because percentages can lie to you. Okay. All right, that that that's fair. Let me let me look on this. So again, he's leading the league at forty seven percent. He attempts about five a game, Tommy. Okay. Five three pointers a game. This season, I could tell you in two seconds yeah. how many he actually shot. But it's not like he shot fifty of them, Tommy. He's taken a good number of I think them. That would, that, would, that would validate your feelings. But sometimes, like I said, when we get caught up in judging things solely and totally on percentages, we can, we can miss the mark sometimes. I, just, I was just looking at that, and I was amazed that, again, the number one guy in the National Basketball Association was not listed. Let me see if he is where he is. I'll I'll find it in just a sec. But it's not like he only took 10 threes or something like that, Tommy. He is 
He's taken a good chunk, and he's been. And Jason excellent. Tatum was the one invited instead. You said, yeah, he's been one. There's, mm. I think, there's eight guys invited, and Tatum's one of the ones that people were puzzled by based on his three point precision. Now, he's an MVP candidate. It's not like he doesn't have value for the Boston Celtics, but again, mm. as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, as an Isaiah Joe fan, as an Arkansas fan, and is now well, a Fort Smith Northside Grizzly fan. Right, that was want the Fort Smith guy to do well, so. By the way, one of us in this room's been on the been on the court with Jason Tatum. You want to take a guess who that might be? Yeah, the uh, real deal on the Rock years ago. No, no, it was a uh, showcase between him and Marcus Monk. They brought his team down, and I got I'm, to work. That, that was that was. We didn't know Jason Tatum was going to be Jason Tatum at that point, but they were both great players. Jason so. is a St. Louis kid, if mm-hmm, I remember right? correctly, is mm-hmm. outstanding player. I think he went to St. Mark's. I'm trying to remember. That I, sounds right. He was incredible in high school. Is the real? One of the most underrated things about this state is the high school talent that you get to see in Northwest Arkansas and Central Arkansas and Pine Bluff. Those tournaments, and I know that the King Kong Classic is not what it used to be with Jason Kidd and Corliss and some of the other guys were down there. Well, that's hard to match. (laughs) Yeah, but, but I mean, you have some incredible basketball players that you get to see in high school. Mm-hmm. Early on, well, and I'm, there's uh, some good showcases of high school basketball. So you mentioned a few. The King Cotton just came back. They've been doing this hoop hall classic the last couple of years in Bentonville. I mean, there's top 25 teams and top talent from all over the country that come into that thing for mm-hmm. for three days. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you're right. But uh, what the numbers tell you? He's top 80 in attempts per game, but he's number one overall in percentage. Okay. When you take the, I mean, do you want a guy jacking up? I mean, you got you. I mean, I, again, I understand, and, I, and you know, I lean your direction. Guys from my hometown and went to the school my dad went to. Uh, I want him to do well. You know, we don't, I don't know his dad as well as you do, but we, I've talked to him on the phone. Seems like a great family. I mean, yeah, I want the, I want our guy to do well. But I mean, I just saying per- percentages can lie to you. So top eighty. So what does that mean? He's seventy eight. He's seventy nine. Okay. <laughs> see how you see this is this is why I always have to filter everything because you know. And if you're factually right, but that's that's how everybody looks at things. So, yeah, but you understand, you can't de- you, can, you can't deposit percentages. So I, I guess. you can only deposit points in this game. But from an efficiency standpoint, Isaiah, I, I, I hear you. Isaiah's been. I don't fantastic. disagree with and you. I guarantee a Derek Joe listening right now. He's he's yelling at the radio in 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 uh, what's the word in agreement this morning. <laughs> I don't think agreement. Is agreement not a word? Probably agreement. Agreement but. this morning, and uh, it's funny. Well, we can dove it into the numbers a little bit. Later, well, so. that's a that is definitely a word. I, you can make up words on the radio, and no one mm-hmm. looks. No one. It's the wiser. It's, well, or sometimes they live in infamy. Yeah, infamacy. Derek is uh, it's a couple of my buddies' boss, which is kind of funny. They, he's really Derek nice Joe. Yeah, Derek Joe. Just want to context around that, but yeah. So that's what I'm mad at this morning. Maybe we'll come back to it. Well, that's a good beef to start the show yell with. At, yell at Adam Silver for being an idiot and not picking Isaiah as part of the three point contest. So you think he does that? Yes. And uh, I just need a face to yell at this morning. That's and a good one. Silver's bald. Crusty, whatever. That's what I'll yell at this morning. All you right. look like an alien. Yes, very Put much. Put that so. on our poll. Qu- Put that on the Ruskin and Zach poll questions. Does Adam Silver yeah. look like an alien? Yeah. Yes, very much so. All right, so got that out of the way for at least for now. Again, I'll probably fester over that this morning. See, that's the way a watch your beef Wednesday should be done. You know, you just right out of the gate, you just burn again, somebody again. I didn't have any. I, I I wasn't angry, and then I I get that message yesterday, and 
I just all of a sudden it turned into balls of fury. I was just like cussing and <laughs> ticked off, and I can't do that on the air, but I can at least do it in the studio's yeah. off air. So again, that's not the the majority of what we'll be talking about this morning. Arkansas, Texas A and M. You know this game was played fifteen days ago, January thirty first. Yeah, Mikel and Makai's birthday. We know the outstanding yeah, they both game. started. So they had an I. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the. Only the second game. They started together in the Alabama game, and then I think they went away from that, and then they've come back to it and done it every game since. They combined for, I think, 18 points. 15. Was that? Hold on. All right. So let me see if I can memorize this. They had, what, 10 blocks combined? Um, let me look here. 15, yes. 18, and 10, right? 15 points, 18 rebounds, 10 blocks. Didn't know there'd be math, but 15, 18, and 10 is correct. Okay, yeah. I remember because they plastered now, it all over for but, their... But Kale kind of carried more of the of the mail on that deal. He had nine of the 15 points, seven of the 10 blocks, mm-hmm. and 13 of the 18 rebounds. But, you know, your well, point is that your numbers are accurate. Well, they got to be big tonight. You got Marble, the transfer from Michigan State. You've got oh, Coleman, the other guy from A&M. Arkansas creamed you, or excuse me, A&M creamed you on the glass last time. You got to clean that up if you want a chance to win in College Station starting at 8 o'clock. Creamed you on the old boards, overall 46-40, to 40, but you're right on the offensive boards and second chance points weren't as bad as you'd think. I couldn't make a layup. 19-15. to 15. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you were lucky not to, uh, not to get blown out of the water. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chug, good morning. I'm... Kind of be honest, I didn't know if you connect with us or not because uh, the barn they probably got you stationed in in College Station. Ah, uh, you know we uh, we made it to a decent place last night, so we're good to go. They got phone lines and the whole deal. Luxury so, uh, electric, internet, internet, everything's ready to go. Flushing toilets, wa- running water, all of it. That's huh? right. That's exactly right. Oh man, well, Chuck. Kind of our audience. I've never been to College Station, Tommy. You haven't either. Have I you? have been to College okay. Station, not for a game. I was. Down there for a, a clinic one weekend, but I, I I spent some time on and around the campus. But. I know, I know you've spoken to Arkansas's lack of success inside of College Station for basketball since joining the SEC. What's that place like, man? It's a nice arena. They do a good job. They um, yeah, I mean it's an A and M event, so you've got the L leaders and 
all that stuff, you know, just like you do at all their athletic events. And it's not a football game, you know. It's not like going to a game at Kyle Field, but it's uh, it's a pretty good atmosphere. They've not lost a conference game at home this year. Now, it's got a lot to do with the team, obviously, more to do with the team than, in, than, than the crowd, certainly. But, um, no, they do a good job there. It's 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 been a tough place to win. I was listening to Buzz Williams' press conference yesterday, and – First question he was asked, he took six minutes to answer, which I was like, man, this guy, <laughs> golly, just keeps on going. But he was talking about his team in three laps. The first lap, they went five and one. Second lap, they went five and one. Sure would love to give them their first loss of that potential five and one stretch to nine. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't hear what he said. I don't really know what he's talking about when he says that, to be honest with you. they, um, I know in conference play, they, they've won every game at home, and they're 10 and two. And, you know, when they came to Fayetteville, they had a I mean, they had a rough trip. If you'll remember, you know, it was a weather night. And the night before, mm-hmm. they left College Station and ended up in Wichita. They had to land in Wichita. And they bussed that night to Tulsa in the snow and spent the night and then came over to Fayetteville the day of the game and got beat. So I'm sure that they, um, you know, Buzz talked a lot about that, too. And I would imagine that that's something that they're uh, they're thinking about. They'd like to get a little revenge on Arkansas tonight, I'm sure. You know, there's some of these games I felt like, man, there's a, a little higher sense of urgency, almost must win or can't lose. I don't feel that way about this game tonight. I mean, obviously you'd like to go win it. Uh, there's a lot at stake for A&M who, you know, some people think are, is closer to the bubble, uh, even though they're second place in this league because of their non-conference schedule. But, Chuck, am I wrong? Is this game, I mean, saying game doesn't feel like a, it's, a, it's a must win tonight for the Razorbacks. Well, here's kind of the way I view it right now with the Razorbacks. I think that, you know, with, with Nick back, obviously you've added something that you didn't have before. I think the, the goal's got to be over these last six ball games to get better every time out. Every time you play, you get better. Now, if you do that, you're going to win most of your six games. You're going to win the majority of those six games, and you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And whether you're seated wherever, if you're playing well, then you got a chance to win some ball games and play for a while. So, I'd like to see him get Nick back into the, uh, um, you know, the uh, the full, you know, the flow of the game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the best phrase or not, but that's the one I'll use. And I think you've got six games to, you know, to get yourself as good as you can be. You're not going to win the conference. So, um, you know, let's spend these next six games getting better, uh, getting Nick back into this, and, and let's hit, you know, let's, let's see what we can do when tournament time rolls around. You know, we're, we're often guilty of looking at everything from the Razorback perspective and how big the game may be for the Hogs, but uh, yesterday the net ranking for A&M was 40, and they do have some blemishes in the non-conference part of the schedule. This is a big game for them. We, we sometimes fail to look at the – at the importance of the game, it's probably, I don't think without, without no question in my mind, a bigger game for A&M tonight with a quad one opportunity on your home floor. They they need to elevate their resume a bit more to feel more comfortable on Selection Sunday. Tonight's game could do that. See, I think the fact that Texas A&M's even on the bubble speaks to the flaw in the way we put teams together for the NCAA tournament. I, I, I realize games early matter, but let's not act like games in November and December matter as much as games after the first of the year. I don't even care if you're playing a powerful non-conference opponent. A&M's 10-2 and two in the SEC. The idea that they're on the bubble right now is the silliest thing I've ever heard of. And, um, you know, they that's an NCAA tournament team. Now, 
you know, uh, does this qualify as a bad loss for them if they lose tonight? I don't know about that. No. But I certainly, it. I mean, Arkansas is 23rd in the net. I mean, Arkansas yeah. is number 23 in the net. So yeah, for them to beat win. Arkansas would be a good win. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the game before the Razorbacks, the Alabama-Tennessee game. If Alabama wins that game, and I mean, there's a good chance they're leading the league for a reason, that's going to put A&M, you know, Right now, it's a two-game gap between second and third, ten and two versus eight and four. I mean, if Tennessee loses tonight, I'm not going to say it's insurmountable, but but boys, the Aggies would have second place, mm-hmm. a stranglehold on second place with a win tonight and a Tennessee loss. No doubt, they certainly would. And uh, again, that's why I say the fact that anyone would speak of them as a bubble team—that's just that's just ridiculous. And 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 it speaks to the flaw in the way they set it up. But I mean, this is a good team and. You know, I'm sure they feel like they played a bad game in Fayetteville. I'm sure that's how they feel. They feel. I mean, they've lost twice. They're ten and two. One of those two was in Fayetteville. I'm sure they feel the same way about the way they played in Kentucky. So I, I would, um, I would expect them to come out and play a really good game tonight. Arkansas is going to have their hands full tonight. Yeah, is it is it Mitchell squared tonight in the starting lineup? You see that again? I don't know. It worked know, last time. Well, I, I mean, you know, they've they, they've gone with it lately, not just in that game, but right. you know, they've they've gone with it in the other games too. So, unless they, you know, unless they change and uh, you know do something in that regard, which you know, you look at what happened in that first game, uh, you look at the box score in that first game, um, Arkansas shot the ball really well, and that's why they won. I mean, A and M had a bunch of second half point or second chance points, and. I think that's a, you know I think that's the key for Arkansas tonight. I know everybody's going to point to different things, but to me the key is keeping them off the offensive glass. Arkansas has allowed ten or more uh, ten or more second chance points in five straight games, and uh, I think A and M had eighteen in the game in Fayetteville. You give up eighteen second chance points tonight, you're going to get beat. So uh, that 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 to me is the key to the whole thing tonight. How do you keep Coleman and Marble off the glass for A and M? See, I think one of the other keys is getting Jordan Walsh going again. He hadn't had a double-digit scoring game. I don't think I'm looking through some of these box scores real quick since they played A&M. He is. No, he game, had a great game at Kentucky. He oh, had a great right, game so at that, Kentucky. But other than that, um, he he hadn't. I mean, he had 12 points in that game against A&M, coming off the bench, played 26 minutes. I think you need Jordan Walsh to kind of get going again consistently. Well, he's been. I mean. He's been a lot better lately. He wasn't good the other day. He didn't corner the market on that. But I mean, uh, you know, Walsh. I mean, look, they all got to play well. This, this, we, 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 we tend to fall into this trap that well, this guy's got to step up, and that guy's got to step up. I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, they play seven guys. I guess eight now with Nick back. So I mean, they've all got to play well. There's, there's, there's not a lot of margin for error now. How long does it take to identify? new roles with Nick coming back in the mix. You mentioned the six games that they have before SEC tournament play. I mean, how long are we expecting this to take for roles to kind of I be don't redefined? Know. Coach was talking, he was talking about on Monday, the six really team that he's had with the Nick injury, the Trevin injury and kind of the other stuff that he's had to deal with. That's the, I, I think that's one of the big questions that, that people have with Nick coming back in the fold is how long is it going to take for this team to kind of re-identify itself? No way to know. I mean, you just watch him play, and I mean, it's a legitimate question, but there's just no way to know. What are the expectations for Nick now? 
as he's come back and, and, and playing again. He's going to come off the bench, I would guess, for the time being. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he starts tonight. I would guess he's going to come off the bench. But, I mean, what 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 should be Muss's expectations and what, what are fans expecting out of Nick Smith Jr. the rest of the regular season? I don't know what fans are expecting. I think that, you know, the thing that you've got to – you've got to do with Nick is, you know, he's, they've all got to play well and he's got to play well too. It's about the team. I, I mean, it's, uh, um, uh, my expectation for Nick is that he come in and be a great teammate and that he come in and help this team win games. And if there's situations where he's got to, you know, he, he's got to do things to help him win that game, then that's what he's got to do. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is about you know expectations for Nick. I think I think it's about expectations for the team and and um, you know getting better over the next next six ball games. Buzz Williams was talking about one of his assistants being the the personnel guy and the scout guys listened to him yesterday. We saw two different Arkansas teams last week. We saw a team that pulverized Kentucky, couldn't miss a shot, didn't even shoot that many threes, and then the next time they go four of eighteen on Saturday and couldn't throw in the ocean for durations of that ball game. Guys, how do you counteract if A&M just drops guys in the painting time and leaves you open? Like, I, I, that, that's the question I have for this team. If, like, if you're getting left wide open, Tommy, you said the other day there's a reason you're getting open. I don't know what you're supposed to You talked about driving lanes and stuff. What are you supposed to do if guys are just sitting in the paint waiting on you? Hey, you hope you can pull up and make a jumper. I mean, that, you know. You got a choice when a guy seals off the, the the driving lane. You can either go through him and take your chance on a player control foul, or hopefully you got the touch and the feel and the skill to to, to pull up and put a shot up that works. I mean, I mean, or dish. I mean, that, that that's the whole purpose of driving. Sometimes is to open up an outside shooter. So I mean, yeah, that's what the game has become: is drive to the rim, kick out for a three. Arkansas shot the ball really well when they played A&M in Fayetteville. In fact, if you go back and you look at the numbers inside the game, that's that's why Arkansas won, because they lost in some other areas. I mean, there were other categories where A&M won. So Arkansas shot the ball well. There's no substitute for that. Um, and, 50% you know, percentage-wise. You know, you're going to have to hit some mid-range shots tonight. And it was a game where you made six three-point baskets. You took 18 attempts. So, I mean, those are the numbers that – you're going to have to have something similar or, or maybe even a little touch better, and that's hard to do on the road uh, to win a game like this. You were, I think 18, I think 18 threes too many myself for this I agree. team. But, um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that they'll shoot eight, 18 tonight. When they won at Kentucky, you know, they shot nine. And um, I think that, you know, when you can't shoot threes, you don't need to be shooting threes. So, uh, um but, you know, we'll see how it goes tonight. They'll have to hit some shots, that's for sure. Yeah, and some of that's just, you know, can you get Marble? Can you get Coleman in foul trouble? Um, can you open up, you know, something inside? Because that everybody's going to pack it in, like you said. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's the game within the game, I guess. That's where the, the real chess masters on this thing go to work. Well, there's no doubt, and and I mean we're gonna see. Um, I mean we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a physical game tonight. I think I, you know, I think the bottom line is how Arkansas can can take care of their business inside. Uh, they did a good job in that area in Fayetteville, and then shot the ball well. And you know, I don't know that you can plan on shooting the ball that well every night out, but you can be physical. Mm -hmm. um, Arkansas beat them at the rim. In that game, the last time, you know, Mikel had all those block shots. I think they had ten as a team, and 
Look at the shot chart. A&M missed a lot of point-blank shots. So, um, you know, to me, that's an area where Arkansas has got to be really good tonight because that's, that's sometimes an area that's more difficult to be good in on the road than it is at home. But the fact that Muss is number one there. Now, this is his only fourth time traveling to College Station, so it's not like there's been double-digit trips or anything, but I think this is only one of three venues that he hasn't won in since joining the SEC. Does that play anything in tonight's game? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. No, I, I don't. I don't think the fact that he's not won here. I don't think that's you know. I don't think that's extra motivation. If that's what you're asking, no. I didn't know if that for some players and some coaches it is, and I didn't know if he kind of took that into account. You know, he's a guy that gets motivated by various things, and I didn't know if that play would play a role in tonight's matchup. I really don't think so. I mean, you know, I I, I think again, it's about the. It's about the team. I don't think it's about whether Muss has won here before. I don't think it's about, you know, Nick or anything else. I mean, I think it's about the team. And, and um, so I don't, I don't, you know, maybe privately he's thought I'd like to win in College Station, but I, I, I doubt that's what keeps him up at night. Tommy asked a good question yesterday, and we both agreed that while it sucked to lose at home with Nick coming back and homecoming, you'd still take this win in College Station over a win at home against Mississippi State. I mean, that's I, I again I hate losing home games, but the reality of the situation it's a quad one versus a quad two. I think Mississippi State was, and it's a better win against an opponent that right now is second in the league. And your road resume, you know, could stand another quality win. So mm-hmm. a win tonight would uh, would neutralize what happened Saturday. That's that's uh, yeah, um, you know, perhaps uh, yeah. I, I mean, per you know, again, I I think Arkansas right now, you know, if the season ended today, they're in, um, and I think that you know. The team that I've watched play, when they're on, they could get back to where they've been the last two years. Other times I've watched them play, they could lose in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is going to, you know, be determined by what happens between now and then. Tonight's an important game. And, um, you know, Arkansas, I'm sure would love to come down here and sweep these guys. But I'm telling you, it is it – is, it's going to be a tall chore tonight. My sense is that A&M is really ready to play. Hey, if you're in the real estate market, and by that I mean if you're in a home, if you're thinking about selling a home, let me recommend Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, to you. You know, it's important to, to know your business. I don't care what you do. It's important to know your business. And a Weikert agent, when you team up with a Weikert agent, you're going to be teaming up with the best trained real estate agent in the business. That allows them to know the market better. It allows them to negotiate better. It allows them to do all kinds of things better. And that ultimately benefits you when it comes time to to get from the contract to the close because that's what they're very, very good at. And, uh, you know, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, has been voted Weicker's top franchise before. They're involved in the community. We've talked before about the things that they've done for Arkansas Children's Northwest. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town. They're in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri. And you can always log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Just thinking there as you were sharing a message with our fr- about our friends at Weikert, you know, I bet there's some fans that make their way to College Station for the basketball tonight then roll up to Arlington for baseball this weekend. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I, you know, there are so many Razorback alums in the Dallas area, and I would imagine some of them will be here tonight, and a lot of them will be at that baseball game this weekend. Let me tell you, I know a lot of people, a lot of people in northwest Arkansas who are making the trip. 
uh, down to Arlington for the weekend for baseball. And I can tell you it's uh, was 75 degrees in College Station when we got here yesterday, so it feels pretty good in Texas right now. And um, I think there'll be Texas Razorbacks here at the game tonight, and I think there'll be Razorbacks from all over the region at the baseball this weekend. Yeah, you, and you know this far better than, than I do or, or Ty, and you can speak to this. Baseball has its own, I mean, core. Um, they do. The people, the people that will sit there when it's drizzling and 38 degrees and you can barely play and you wonder how in the world were there 1,753 in the ballpark today, that's the core. <laughs> Those are the people that will be in Arlington. And uh, and for many, football's one or basketball's one and baseball's somewhere on the list. For that core group uh, of however many thousand fans that is, baseball's number one and everything else is a distant second you'll have a lot of those folks that have have planned their entire month around going to arlington and i, I and, and i don't think it's as small a group as people believe particularly in northwest arkansas mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm talking about from the tunnel north um i think that um you know there are a lot of people whose razorback experience is going to Baum stadium and that's what they look forward to most i know a lot of you know a lot of I'm not I hesitate to say older fans, but those who've been around a while, and uh, baseball's where they go. Uh, you know, they've gone to football and basketball games, still do, but baseball is really what gets them going. And I think a lot of those people will be down in Dallas this weekend. We were talking earlier, and, and uh, you know, a lot of those fans probably attended games up the road, where I guess the parking deck is now by the hyper when George Colefield was there, and I guess that's where you. You started calling games. I mean, a lot of those fans date back to the before before Bomb Stadium was even there. Some do, um, but you know, I think that they've moved way beyond a cult following, and I think there are mainstream Razorback fans who will, uh, like for example, I think there will be a carload of four guys, for example, who will drive from Little Rock to watch the Razorbacks play baseball in Dallas this weekend. I can tell you back in the days of George Cole Field, that never happened because it was it truly was a cult following almost back then, and there was not um, you know there was not the coverage there is now. Everything changed in 2004, and in my mind, when it comes to baseball and Razorback fans, there's there's pre Brady tubes and there's post Brady tubes, yeah. and um, 2004 is kind of the defining line for me. Cult following. Norm, Norm was their leader. So. Well, and, and look, <laughs> there was a, uh, I mean, there were great, great days for Razorback baseball prior to 2004. Uh, I mean, Norm DeBryan, you know, he's, he's got a Hall of Fame resume and a Hall of Fame record. But in terms of a statewide sport, um, you know, we kind of talked about this on Phil's show yesterday. When Arkansas beat Houston in basketball in the mid-70s, it's the first time a lot of us had ever watched a Razorback basketball game. They beat them 92-47. to It's been a statewide sport ever since. And baseball, Arkansas beat Wichita State, and then the next weekend beat Florida State to go to Omaha. It's been a statewide sport ever since. Uh, that, was the, uh, you know, that was the moment when everything changed. And I say that respectfully to a lot of guys who – frankly accomplished more than that 2004 team did but um that was the moment when it became a statewide sport not to not to pat present company too hard on the back but the radio network was a huge part of growing the state and one of our affiliates here in one of the one of the studios sitting next door when a hundred thousand watt station 
in southwest Arkansas and another one in central Arkansas that's not part of our group came online and started airing games. There became more interest. There was no TV. You were doing the games, uh, as we all know, Chuck. And I think the radio network and its expansion on the FM dial um, 15 years ago, 18 years ago, was a huge part of growing the interest because more people heard Brady Toops the you know, home run that was heard around the state and all of the excitement, the highlights started getting played over and over and over and, and interest began. Games weren't on television back then. Nope. I, I, I always felt like just, you know, and this doesn't mean anything, but I always felt like in my broadcast career that, you know, I benefited from doing baseball because as the interest rose in the team, the only place to follow the games was on the radio. You couldn't watch them on television. So I, I, frankly, always thought I benefited from that. I thought the program and the – I don't know that the program benefited from that. I thought I benefited from that. <laughs> but, uh, um, it, you know, it, it was a uh, – uh, hey, I love doing it, and uh, I think it had maybe a little something to do with but it. But until Brady Toops, there was, it was just really limited in the coverage of where you could hear the games. It was. It, a, was. it was a small collection of mainly AM stations, and then when it that was. happened, you know, big FM stations aid the sports radio – medium was coming uh, to life and and b they they picked up razorback baseball i was kind of in on some of that with with, with your help 15 20 yeah years i ago. mean it was a uh, um you know again it was it was a different era I, I know people listen now that are of a certain age like maybe ty's age and it's like um you know they can't imagine you know a college world series team at arkansas that didn't play a game on television until they got to the college world series mm -hmm. I, I mean you just don't think about it being that way now, but it was that way then. And I, mean, I knew people were listening. I knew people were listening back then. I thought it was pretty cool. We were in Chapel Hill, and there was a North Carolina player that was answering questions, and he said that he grew up as Arkansas being his favorite baseball team. This is a kid that had really no connections to the state of Arkansas, but that brand has been boosted so much, not just here in the state, but nationwide for a kid that was based, I think, in Virginia, go to Chapel Hill, but yeah. apparently Arkansas baseball is his favorite team growing up. Ty, there used to be a day and time where your where your cell phone would only make calls. It wouldn't do anything else. It wouldn't get you on the internet. Mm. You might be able to text, but that would be about the maximum on its technology. I mean, I and now we watch games on our phone. It's, I had one of those Razor phones back in the yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, flip phone or bag phone. That started with the old Zach, bag phone. Zach Morris phone. Yeah. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dine-in and carry-out. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pasco have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pasco protection plan. Call the pros at Pasco and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. 
GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, we got spring football practice coming up in less than a month. They're going to get it going right before spring break. You're going to have a few practices before spring break, and you got to get, I guess, 15 in before the spring game on April the 15th, which we talked about a little bit last week with the hog. Or the, what, what is it? The Whoopig weekend? Is that mm-hmm. what they're calling it? So Same weekend as the Tennessee yeah. series. I, I Tommy and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. We don't have football for quite some time, but there's going to be several storylines, I think, heading into this offseason, not just that are interest to Arkansas fans, but I think there's a lot of SEC people interested in see what Sam Pittman and company are going to be this year with two key pieces coming back in KJ and, and Rocket. I think everybody's going to go into the spring with lots of different questions, and Arkansas is one of those teams. I mean, that's, uh, you know, spring practice is. Uh, it's different things at different places. And, you know, I like the fact we're having a game on the 15th. I hope it's actually a game. I think that's, you know, something that fans are fans are interested in. I think it, you know, spurs attendance. But, you know, you really look at what's happened in our state over the last several years. Um, you know, with the basketball season running generally, you know, well into March now, um, you know, baseball's front and center, as we've discussed. I mean, baseball with a lot of people's front and center. Um, spring football, and, and I think this is nationwide, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the big event that it once was. Um, I think, you know, everybody's got questions going into it, but I don't know that we're going to come out of spring practice, you know, um, with, a, you know with full knowledge of what it's going to be like next fall anyway. I, you know, I... I, I, you you brought up the stat about the productivity that's lost and and Arkansas's twelfth in the conference and returning productivity, but man, a great place to start is with KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. I know you got some questions to answer, wide receiver. You got to figure out how well you did in the portal. I'm more concerned about building those that offensive line and, and replacing those tackles up front. But man, if you, if you had to pick two players from last year's team, hey, I want the only get two, but I get these two back. I don't know how you'd pick two better ones than. And Rocket and KJ. No doubt. Now, you know, you got to get some receivers. I mean, to me, that's, you know, if you want to talk about what the offense is going to look like, that's a key area. I didn't think their receivers last year um, got as much separation as they needed to. And, uh, you know, maybe these guys will. I mean, they, they've signed some players. they got some guys coming in that are, you know, they're good-looking players. But, you know, I, I can remember last year when Arkansas lined up for that first ball game, you had Matt Landers on one edge. You had uh, uh, you had Warren Thompson on the other. Um, you had good-looking slots. You know, Hazelwood was out there. But, you know, by the end of the year, I mean, 
let's be honest, among those three right there, I mean, one of them didn't pan out at all. And, um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, sometimes you look at guys lining up and they look good in the spring and they look good in August, and then by the end of the year, they're, you know, it just didn't happen. And it happens, you know, vice versa too. So, you know, you got to get some guys out there that can that can get some separation and uh, help you make some big plays. You were asking earlier about the – or I asked you earlier, Tommy, about the face of the defense, and you responded with Quincy McAdoo. We had a texture respond. I, I think Christopher Poupal is going to have an all-SEC type of season. The, the, of what we saw of him last year at linebacker, and I know Sanders and Bumper, until he got injured, got most of the, the glory and most of the attention – I thought that kid out of Georgia was all over the field. He delivered some big hits. I mean, he almost knocked Spencer Rattler out of that South Carolina game. I thought. I, I think if you want to pick a face outside of Quincy McAdoo on defense, mm-hmm. it's probably Poopal. That's a good one. Oh, I think, yeah, I, I'd go along with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're identifying leaders. I mean, you say face of the defense. That To me, that means a, a few different things. But I think Quincy McAdoo and, and Poopal's another great one. You're going to have to have more than one. I mean, you know, they're going to, you know, the problem I see, I don't disagree with either of those names, but neither one of those guys put their hand down on the defensive line. And and you better find some studs up front that uh, can be run stoppers, can be gap fillers. And um, that that's still an area that uh, we don't have a lot of answers for. And there's where you better find another face of the defense is, is up front. You think McAdoo might play both ways? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? I, I mean, how long has it been since you've had? I could see it happening. When's the la- who's the last player that that played both ways consistently? Not just you know a, a gimmick play or or um, trick play, something like that. On Arkansas, or yeah. In general, no, no, for Arkansas. Well, I mean, is it a trivia question? No, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I, mean, I, mean you know, I don't know. You've seen every game for the last thirty years. I thought you. Uh, I can't think of anyone that comes to mind. I mean, I think if guys that played special teams, in addition, like their return men, they either played corner or wide receiver, but. I'm thinking about who, you know, I can't think of a one. So, I mean, that would be pretty unique if Quincy did that. Did it not? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to. I I was just kind of, you know, I think I kind of thought about that last year. I think the deal with him is, so he jumps on the scene. First of all, he's a humble kid, said, Coach, what do I need to help? He played corner, absolutely, played in high school, gets in, has, what, two picks, had that big bone jar in him in the bowl game, made plays consistently. And... You saw potential there at corner, but I i mean, you don't, you'd have to ask him yourself, like, what does he want to play? You want to well, play wide receiver? You want to play corner? He uh, has said, he has said, I mean, he's been asked and answered. I mean, he said, I'm going to stay on defense. I, I think mean, that's the, what he said. I think until you know what you have at wide receiver, till you come out of spring practice and see, all right, did we do well in the portal or do we have some, some places we need to, to fill some holes here? I don't think you can really answer. I think he's, you know, you can't really consider that. So I think we don't know the answer because, uh, or even if it would be considered because you don't really know truly where you're at at wide receiver with what you've got. And he'll be going up against those wide receivers in practice. And kind of like you're saying, where where are they more depth deficient in? Where What is an area? Is it corner? Is it there? I know they added the two Baylor kids and, I think they added another kid out of the portal. It's probably a couple. I know they had a lot more defenders this season in the portal and in the high school ranks. But yeah, I don't. I'd have to look at the roster. And see I don't. I don't. I, I don't know that it's about being depth deficient. I, I I don't know that you make a decision like that out of desperation. I think every once in a while you might have a player who could do it. I'm not saying they're going to do it with him. I'm not saying he could do it. I'm just saying that um, you know 
I think a, something like that, like, for example, I, I'll just pull the most, you know, the most prominent two-way guy out, Dion, back when he played in the NFL and in, and in college. I mean, he didn't play both ways because they were depth deficient. I mean, he played both ways because, you know, he could pull it off. He's and good. it was marketable, and, and it was a, uh, you know, he helped his team win games. Two-way, two-sport athlete. That, that's, that's a stud right there. Oh, Dion was Uh-oh. unbelievable. Can you, I, I mean, he was just unbelievable. Can you do that in today's college game? Can you play two ways? I mean, this is sure your you asking. Yeah. Why are sure we seeing? Can. Well, then my question is, why aren't we seeing it then? Well, because, a guy I, that's so because it's a special guy. It's a special guy. It's a once in a lifetime guy. But you're asking, can it be done? Yeah, it can be done. But 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 it's 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 not a guy that you look to do that with. You've got to have a. It's got to be a generational guy, and those guys just don't come around very often. When you say two, I, I see a lot of guys that again play wide receiver and or on special teams or play cornerback or on special teams, but very rare. I mean, even a guy like Jabril Peppers at Michigan, I mean, even some of the most outstanding skill position guys we've seen come through college football the last couple of years, they haven't been two-way guys. That's uh, I, I think, think there's, it's asking a lot for a kid to play two ways sure in today's is. college football. Sure it is. I mean, it was asking a lot 20 years ago or 30 years ago when it happened then. Um, there, there's also the 24-7 rule. And you only got 24 hours a day, seven days in a week, and uh, allegedly they're only allowed to practice 20 hours a week. So, um, you know, there's a time crunch there on how much time could you dedicate to doing two things. We see guys on the offensive side that have split time between tight end and wide receiver or split time like we saw last year, you know, a quarterback and a wide receiver in the, in the same spot with Malik. But, you know, that's hard enough to do on the same side of the ball, much less well, I, two different sides of the ball. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we should overstate playing both ways. What I mean by that is you might bring somebody in for, like, two or three plays. Like, we see teams line up a defensive lineman at fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, think, I think things like that, that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm not talking about an every-down guy on, on, on both sides of the ball. I, I don't think we're ever going to see that. I think that's Two-way stupid. starters. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's dumb. But uh, um, I do think that you'll see, you know, I do think from time to time you'll see players line up on both sides of the ball. And, but, but, but I don't think it's going to be like, Hey, he's going to play every down at wide receiver, and we're going to play him as much as we can at corner too. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, ever going to be like that. All right, so I'm going to roll through each SEC team, and you guys tell me if you agree or disagree with the storyline of the of these said teams. So, Bama lose Bryce Young, lose Will Anderson. You're bringing in two new coordinators. Is this a revenge year for Saban, based on the fact that he called the two most talented players he's ever coached, and they didn't even get to a college football playoff? Is that are they on a vendetta this year? Oh, I don't know. I think they're I think they're going to be have their hands full just trying to win the West. I think LSU's on the rise. I think there's other programs that are that are coming. I, I think I think with two new coordinators and everything you mentioned, I don't think Alabama is going to be the uh, uh, the overwhelming favorite, if you will, to to win the West this year. I think they're looking at personnel just like everybody else. I don't think they're necessarily thinking about vendettas or revenge or anything like that. I I, I think it's you know it's about personnel. I mean, you can uh, hey you can you want to uh, take revenge out on what happened last year. You may have a personal vendetta or whatever you want to call it, but if you don't have the personnel, it doesn't matter. So uh, um, I think I think that's probably what they're focused on more right now than anything in Alabama. 
Auburn, year one, Hugh Freeze. We saw another former head coach of theirs in his year one come in, take his team to the national championship, Gus Malzahn, in 2013. I mean, Chuck, you saw Robbie Ashford firsthand. I saw him firsthand. I don't think they brought anyone additionally in the portal. Can Hugh Freeze catch lightning in a bottle and you're in there in year one? Oh, Hugh Freeze is a good coach. I don't know how many they're going to win. To me, you know, you look at, um, you know, the overriding question at a lot of places is, who, is who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, you were talking about Alabama a minute ago. I don't care if Saban's mad or not. If he doesn't find him a quarterback, you know, if they don't decide who that quarterback's going to be, it doesn't matter what he wants. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, like, for example, Alabama, I think their number one storyline is who's going to be the quarterback. And uh, I think at Auburn, a lot of what Hugh Freeze does, if you look at what he's done in the past, I mean, it centers around the play of that quarterback. Now, Robbie Ashford can run, too. Robbie Ashford's a pretty good athlete. Now, I don't know if he can be a great quarterback or not, but Freeze is a good coach, and he's got a good track record of scoring points, and I'll bet they do there, too. Well, who's that guy? Milrow, was that his name that came yeah. in? Jaden Milrow. Yeah. He could, you know, he can run it. I, I can see a lot of RPO with him. He's a big guy, too, and, man, he, uh, what was it, a 78-yard run or whatever in Fayetteville? He, yeah, he can motor down the field. Jordan Dominic nearly got his face mask yanked off that third and 15. Well, let me yeah. tell you this. That RPO, that P part's real important. You know, run, pass, option. That pass part's real important. And um, I think that's kind of where Alabama is right now is who's going to be that guy. So is Bama still the SEC West favorite? Do you think LSU with Jaden Daniels returning gets that nod? And I know Ole Miss brought in Dart. Or excuse me, it's Alabama. Had, still it's think it's Alabama. Bama? What do yeah, you think? I, I think it's Bama, but I think when, you know, for whatever the preseason polls are worth and the media votes in Nashville this year and all that, I think it won't be the overwhelming number where it's been, you know, 80, 20, 80 Bama and 20, everybody else divided up. I think it'll be a lot closer this year. I think... I think a little bit of the shine is off on Bama. I think it's it's portal, it's NIL, it's a lot of things that are making life just more difficult for Bama to have the the, the dominant edge, the overwhelming edge in uh, in personnel. Well, you know, you look at um, you know who Alabama plays. You look at who they play on the other side. They've always had that game with Tennessee. Well, Tennessee hadn't been any good until the last few you know last couple of years. So, you know, that was always an automatic. For them, you know, in terms of what they played in the Eastern Division, they never had played Georgia. So, you know, you could always just, you know, pretty much chalk it up as Alabama's going to win all their cross games. And, you know, you look at the West, and Alabama's been the best team. So, um, I and, and frankly, I don't, I don't know that the quarterback at LSU is. I think he's a really good player. Don't get me wrong, but um, I don't, I don't know that he would be why you would pick LSU over Alabama. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Um, but, um, you know, hey, it'll be an interesting year. I know that, but to answer your question, I, I think Alabama's clearly, clearly still the team to be. I know they're going to be talking football during the spring, maybe talking basketball before then, but V's Barbershop is the spot where you really need to find yourself if you want to take a nostalgic trip back in time to the way barbershops once were, when it was a ritual, when you went at a certain time every week and, uh, you sat in the you sat in the old fashioned chair, and they had the hot leather and the straight edge razor shaves. I can remember as a kid watching watching my dad and others get those straight edge razor shaves. Well, V's Barbershop sets a new standard for barbershops in this area. It's not just a haircut. There are all kinds of services: edge up, shampoo, 
Uh, massage, straight razor shaves we were talking about. Trim your mustache, trim your beard, neck shave, shoe shines. Um, they'll get you ready. They'll groom you up at the uh, at uh, V's Barbershop. Now, they've got two locations in northwest Arkansas. They're in Bentonville. They're on Southwest 14th Street, just west of 71 Business, 100 Southwest 14th Street in Bentonville. They're in the Pleasant Crossing Shopping Center in Rogers, and you can always log on to vbarbershop.com. Buzz Williams and company have their best start in conference since they joined the SEC. I had not didn't know this until I saw the game notes that the Razorbacks of any opponent, this is the team that they've beaten the most in college basketball. Texas A&M. Most common opponent. Yeah, and they have beaten them 106 times. Now, they haven't had a lot of success, as Chuck has addressed, inside of Reed Arena, but this is not exactly a typical A&M team that maybe they've gone up against in years past based on the way they played in conference. Well, you have to remember the overwhelming majority of those games, say for like, you know, maybe 20, I guess, were all pre-1991. So, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a whole different era in terms of playing – Texas A&M. I mean, they, uh, um, you know, Buzz does a good job. They've got a gritty team. Um, this will be a tough place to win tonight. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah, I was looking. This is the 100th year of Arkansas basketball. Uh, they played A&M the very first year. They played Baylor the very first year. And those are the two that are on the schedule this year that, you know, they go that far back with. But our history with A&M has a lot more to do with Eddie Sutton, Shelby Metcalf, um, Nolan Richardson, Shelby Metcalf. <laughs> um, you know, those were, uh, those were some great games and A&M had some great players back then, but it's been kind of, you know, it's, it's been different since both of us have been in the SEC. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be honest, if, if, if A&M falters a little bit down the stretch, including tonight, and they're on those last four that didn't get in on selection Sunday and they're crying the blues again this year, it wouldn't break my heart. I mean, I, you know, I know how we feel about A&M around here, but uh, I think they're firmly in the tournament. I think the fact that you're second in this league, and there's even, like you were saying earlier, Chuck, even a conversation about them not being in seems seems a bit far-fetched to me. But it's a big game for A&M tonight because they got a chance for a quad one win at home against a team in the top 25 in the, RP, or in the uh, net ranking. You know, I think fans are thinking that, but I'll tell you what those players are thinking about. They're thinking about that bus ride from Wichita to Tulsa in the snow. They're thinking about spending the night in Tulsa and getting to Fayetteville like six or seven hours before the game. They're thinking about we didn't play any good that night. And our routine and everything got screwed up, and we went in there and we got beat. They're thinking about they want to get back at Arkansas for that mm-hmm. night. The byproduct of that is going to be that it's a good win. And, you know, we, we've kind of touched on this with Arkansas, too. I mean – Given the way the schedule plays out, not just for Arkansas but for A and M, I mean, if you're winning games right now, your your numbers are improving dramatically. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. 
you can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Chaz and Fayetteville texted in earlier. He's annoyed by the fact that Alabama is the number one team in basketball right now. We're used to that being the case in football, but not so much basketball. AM right behind him at number two. Quad one opportunity for both teams tonight. AM at home, Arkansas on the road. Guys, we also got the top 16 reveal for the first time this weekend for the NCAA tournament. Kind of similar to what they do with the college football playoff in the inaugural show in that first, I think. Monday or Tuesday night of November, what it is, but kind of get to see a little glimpse into what the selection yeah. show is thinking heading into March. Yeah, who they got on the number one line across the board. I think that'd be fun tonight. So, you know, I would suspect Alabama would be a one seed. Who else would, uh, Houston would be another one that's up there. Purdue. Purdue would be Texas a third. or Kansas will probably be the mm-hmm. fourth that they have, depending on Kansas won last night against Oklahoma State and Stillwater. They got a big one against Baylor this Saturday. They're still at the very top or near the top of the Big 12, so that's a team you're going to have to contend with potentially at some point in time if you get matched up in that regional or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is kind of the first kind of glimpse in. Have y'all – I mean, I follow bracketology from even in the offseason. Have y'all started to do that a little more since we're about less than a month out from Selection Sunday? Oh, a little bit here and there, probably more than uh, you know, more than we did a month or so ago. Um, you know, we pay attention to our team. I don't study it like Joe Lenardi. I may not even study it like you do, but um, no, it's 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 the time of year when you begin to you know look at what other teams have done. Arkansas played UNC Asheville, for example, earlier this year, and I mean they're just blowing away their conference. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament if they win their conference tournament. And, Looks like, you know, they've kind of dominated their league. And so you sort of, as you get to the end of the year, maybe you pay attention to what some of the other teams have done that you played. Um, You know, I was kind of hoping Creighton could beat Providence last night. Lost to them in double overtime. So, you know, know, the number crunchers will do what they do. And, but yeah, this is the fun time of year, I think, to maybe check out the bracketology a little more. You've got three quad ones remaining, two quad twos, and then one quad three. So you have plenty of ample opportunities to increase your seed, assuming you make the NCAA tournament, which I think we all here think this is an NCAA tournament team. But it starts tonight. Guys, if I remember, Tommy, you had the box store. If I remember correctly, Wade Taylor did not have a great game against Arkansas. Devo Davis hounded him for the majority of that game. At 18 points. But what was he shooting? Six for what? Six for 19. Yeah, six for 19. That's what I thought. He didn't have a good game shooting the basketball. 18's not horrible. I no. mean, I understand. A lot of those, shot, he, but... was, he was not, like, for example, when he'd been in Fayetteville last year, he scored 28. So he wasn't that kind of player. A lot of his points were, uh, were not what you'd call significant points. Yeah, he is going to be a key tonight. I mean, really, Chuck, a lot of times when you look at a basketball team, you say, well, the guards are the strength of their team. Well, the bigs in the front court are the strength of their team. Deal with A and M is they're pretty solid in both those areas. That's why they're ten and two in the league. 
uh, you know, I don't care what happened in November and December. You're not playing them in November and December. You're playing them now. And right now they've got, um, you know, they've got good play all over the floor. Their big guys are good. I mean, uh, you know, Marble. I mean, you know, Coleman started at Duke. And Marble started at Michigan State. By started, I mean that's where they began their career. So uh, these guys are good players. They're, you know, they're, they're big-time players. Now, the Mitchells did a great job on them. And, I mean, they weren't the only ones. Team-wise, they did a great job, uh, uh, you know, winning at the rim. Even though Coleman had big numbers, if you go back and you really look at the game in totality, Arkansas won at the rim, and that's why they won the game. And that'll be a big key tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, uh, the bigs, you know, and we'll see if the Mitchell twins start again. That was the, their birthday, if you remember, and they both started and, and, and combined for a lot of blocks and, and, a, and a good number of points. Rebounding was interesting in this game, the way Arkansas got beat on the offensive glass, but A&M just couldn't get those, those putbacks to go in. And, and their second-chance points were 19 and were better than Arkansas, but, Chuck, they, they struggled with the tipbacks and, and the putbacks. They had 10 shots blocked. Yeah. You know, they had 10 shots blocked. And those, uh, you know, those were all around the rim. So, yeah, I mean, Arkansas was physical with them. They bodied up with them. Um, every game's different, and it's different on the road. When when you play the same team the second time on the road after you've beaten them at home, it is different, I promise you. And it'll be different for Arkansas tonight. But that's going to be an area. You're going to have to play defense without fouling. You're going to have to be able to do all that without fouling. And A&M's going to see Nick Smith for the first time. I mean, they didn't get that's to right. see him. And, that'll, uh, you know, things will be different, but Arkansas's going to be different with Nick Smith. And I would expect him. He played 17 minutes the other day. I thought he did fine, but I would expect him to do better than fine as we go along. Here is Buzz Williams on the last game that these guys played in Bud Walton Arena. I thought Arkansas was tremendous. I thought they were tougher than we were. I thought they punked us. They had 10 block shots. We couldn't make a shot at the rim. They made every shot at the rim. Yeah, I thought they were just more physical, played harder. And we never even matched any of those categories. And I mean, he's right in several of that. He was also, you mentioned Nick Chuck. We were talking about this a little bit. Very complimentary. Kept mentioning the three first-round picks that Arkansas has. And he said that was a tribute to what Eric Bosman has done with this program, his prowess in recruiting. And those are just, I mean, we think three, Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., and I don't know if he was referring to Jordan Walsh or Ricky Council. I've seen Ricky on more stuff than than Jordan at this point in time. But it's a lot of talent that they have to continue and uh, contend with. And, and I, with the addition of Nick, I wonder how they go about playing this team tonight because he opens it up if he starts hitting some shots early in this basketball game. Well, I mean, you covered several different, uh, different topics there. I mean, let's go back to him being complimentary of Arkansas's players. I mean, that's coach speak right there. That's 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 coach speak, and you can be complimentary when you're ten and two and the team you're playing six and six. So I wouldn't put much into that. Um, I think Nick will play better as we go along. Um, you know, I've said that and I believe that. I think he'll be better tonight than he was the other day, and I think he'll be better the next time out theoretically. Um, again, you've 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 got six games remaining in the regular season. I don't care if it's quad one or quad twenty five. Um, you got to get better over the course of these next six games. We can focus on quads for seeding and all that, but it really doesn't matter. It really does not matter. Um, this team's got six games to, uh, you know, bring Nick back into the uh, to the fold, so to speak, and 
Uh, get the flow going offensively and defensively. You want to get better every time you play over the next six games. If you do, you're going to win the majority of the six games probably. And you're going to get in the NCAA tournament. And you're going to be playing okay. And, you know, you just roll it out there and let's go at that point. Um, if you can get Nick going again and this, this team can start to click offensively and, and play defense the way they have, They'll have a chance to win some games. I mean, you know, I've, I've always believed that when you get to the NCAA tournament, you've got to have somebody who can take over. I'm not saying that, you know, every game's going to be about one player taking over, but there will be some that are. And you better have a guy who can do that. Nick can do that. Council can do that. Uh, Black can take over the game, you know, without scoring 30. But um, I think that, you know, that's going to be important, and Nick's another candidate in that regard, uh, you know, that can that can give you that guy that may carry you uh, for an afternoon or an evening. And as the games really matter, I mean, if you notice, I mean, sometimes in the NCAA tournament, one, one guy carries his team on his shoulders that night. Yeah, you think about some of the past champions. It was Odai Abaji for Kansas last year, Davion Mitchell two years ago for Baylor, yeah, Virginia had Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. I mean, a lot of guards I just listed off. But Arkansas, I think with, with the with the guards they have, with Devontae, with Ricky, with Nick, and Anthony, they can all get to the rim really well. And it's one thing to, to shut off one guy, get into the cup, put in your best defender, even the second guy. But the fact that each one of those guys is so unique in their craftiness at getting to the rack – if Nick gets back into where he's playing good offense, that's just going to be a really difficult cover if they go small down the stretch in certain games. No doubt. If he's back and playing well, it makes Arkansas a more difficult cover. I, I mean, I, I don't know about all the other stuff, but, yeah, I mean, if Nick comes back and he's playing well, Arkansas is going to be harder to defend. No, no question about that. Tommy, is there any chance whatsoever he starts tonight? We just expect well, him to sure come off is. the bench. I mean, I... I I would suspect he would come off the bench, but I mean, he is—he is what he is, and thought of in recruiting. You heard what Buzz Williams said. To, you know, I, yeah, there's a chance he could start tonight. I don't, I, you know, once he gets in the lineup, I would suspect he would stay in the lineup as long as everything's good with the knee and his health's good. But uh, yeah, I, I think at some point this game or maybe Saturday against Florida, I would suspect he returns Who you to the sit? starting lineup. Who are you going to sit? That's the, that's the next question. Yeah, I mean. So I'm in. A, I, so I'm you, asking you, Ty. Who are you going to sit? So you got the Mitchell twins, Ricky, Devo, and Anthony. Mm -hmm. I don't think you change up the starting lineup until he shows you that he is so valuable on offense you can't keep him off the floor. He didn't show you that last game. Going two for seven, zero oh for one from the th uh, the free throw line. He just wasn't that. Now again, his All first right. game back, he's got to get his legs back. I get that, but he has to show you as a player that not only is he a threat. From the defense, he has to actually be a threat during the course of the game. Well, I mean, we know that, but I mean, who are you going to sit? I mean, when you, I mean, you pose the question: Is he going to start? And I'm, you know, if he does, I mean, who do you sit? Well, I think I think what you would, if, if you start him, uh, I mean, you just look at Saturday's numbers: Anthony Black, thirty-nine minutes; Ricky Council, thirty-six minutes; Devo, thirty-six minutes. Who lost the minutes? Well, and they, they went a little bit smaller. Mitchell had 11 minutes in the game while Mackay did. Mikel had 30. So I, I think maybe, maybe end up going a little bit smaller times. That's a matchup thing based on where you're at. But Saturday you had Smith to deal with, with, with Tolu Smith. So I, 
I don't want, yeah. you know. Well, the reason that I throw that out there is I'm, I'm trying to point out that that is what is involved in figuring things out over the last six games. You know, it's easy to make a blanket statement like, well, I think Nick's going to start. All right, well, you know, who's going to sit down? You going to bring Debo off the bench? You going to do that? You going to bring Council off the bench? You going to do that? You going to bring Black off the bench? You going to go smaller? You're not going to have two, two, uh, two, two big guys in there? What are you going to do with Walsh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things have to be worked out. And I'm not trying to be difficult when I keep saying, well, who are you going to sit? That's uh, my point. You're, you're being obtuse. No, my, no, my <laughs> point is is that these are all the things you've well, got to figure out. It's easy to just ask a question, but figuring it out is the hard well, part. Now that I've had about 30 seconds to kind of mulch this over, I mean, the answer may be Devo in my mind just because of physical size and presence. And Devo's meant a ton to your team and kept, kept you going in Nick's absence, but the reality is his wingspan, uh, the differences physically in what Nick brings to the table versus Devo, but I, I think we get too caught up too much in, in who starts versus who I finishes. Too. And I think I we, we worry about that. I think at home it's a plus because John George calls your name, the lights are down, the, yeah. the, the show, all that, I get it. But in the end, it's who's on the floor with four minutes to go that counts. But if you just want to look at it from a physical standpoint, Probably Devo's the direction you go. Okay, so if, you, if you're if you going to the, the death lineup down the stretch and the death lineup being your, your best lineup they can, like you're saying, do you go small? Do you go A-B, Devo? Who are your best yeah. defenders? Well, Nick's not. It's not close. You're ta- you're asking to take out... I didn't out, think he played bad defense no, he did, the No, he, he didn't, but over the course... I didn't say of the, the season, best. Who, who are your best? Your best three defenders? Devo has to be there at the end of the game. Yep. Absolutely. And then it, you, you rotate... Depending on who's better playing offensively and defensively, but Kai and Mikel, you have to have one of those guys in there unless they foul out. And then you figure out if Jordan's knocking down shots, his defense is all he hadn't fouled out, it's going to be there. And then you kind of figure, and AB's going to be in there. So you're basically down between Ricky and Jordan, I think, at the end of the game. And that. You have one of the Mitchell twins, and it's Ricky or Jordan at the end of the game. And that. You're going to go Nick. I mean, okay. I mean, my head's spinning, but uh, I, I just I just think that you know, um, you know Nick Nick probably gives you the best chance to win, but I don't know that it's as a starter. I I, I tend to think that you know if you're going to bring offense or defense off the bench, it might be you know might be offense. We'll see. Hey, you know, let's talk money for just a second. I know a lot of people watch the Super Bowl ads, and we talk about. You know, the ratings and how many people watched. I, I do know this. You wouldn't know there are any kind of economic issues out there by judging the amount of money that was spent on ads and things of that nature. And You know, the Market Moment Podcast. We're talking about Mach 1 FG Financial. The Market Moment Podcast is going to break down all the numbers from the big game, including a record $16 billion in bets. I always enjoy this podcast, and I think uh, th- this one will be especially interesting. You can go to Mach1FG.com. That's Mach, M-A-C-H, the number one, FG.com, and you can find out more about that. And They've got some really interesting podcasts with local financial experts. Mach 1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. Did you say $16 billion? That's what it says. Wow. That's what it says. That's a lot of money. Good chunk of money. Guys, apparently Aaron Rodgers is doing his uh, 
is it silence retreat? Darkness. This darkness retreat yeah. or whatever, three or four days where he's just going to sit in the dark. Uh, he was talking with McAfee about that yesterday. Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What? Oh, Listen. yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh. So oh. anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that is fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, oh. to Adam Schefter, what? or to any of those people. You guys in his inner circle? Did you know it's no. going to be this weekend? No. I am a Packers fan, but I'm actually getting tired of this. Dude, it's weird. I'm Maybe. getting tired of this. Who, who does? I mean... Y'all know anyone or have ever heard of anyone that goes to, because what's he do? He goes into like four days of just being in a dark room to be alone with his thoughts. Isn't that pretty much the, the sum of it? I've never I heard of anyone no doing idea. this. I have no idea. I mean, I it mean, just, dude's know, weird. This is about, uh, part of this is a product of with all these various streams, you need content. And, um, you know, I'm sure guys did weird things 30 years ago, but we didn't find out about them. And um, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, I mean, I, he is what he is. I think people pay too much attention to that stuff, but that's just me. How long would you guys last in in your, in your solitude and darkness? Six hours. Oh, I could do it for a while. I mean, I I, I could days? do that for. A, I don't know if I could do it for four days, but yeah, who wouldn't like to get away from everybody for a little yeah, while? Yeah, but I don't want to sit in a dark room for no, four days. No, it's not like I'm in concussion no, I protocol. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't do that. Put me on the driving range and give me some uh, some green fees, and I I might could do that in yeah. solitude. I was going to give say, me a give me a fishing rod, maybe. Right. But the, pla- the place I think the best is an empty gym, just me shooting a basketball. I found that I've had some of my better <laughs> thought processes <laughs> by myself in an empty oh, gym gosh. shooting a basketball. Okay, that's the truth. I mean, you were talking about I'm golf. Sure it is no true. one laughed I'm at sure him just true. saying the driving range. Well, balls, you're not like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You're, you're you're not an all pro. Tommy's not an all pro golfer, but you didn't get laugh at him when he okay. said he liked going on the oh, golf yeah. course. Oh, well, pardon, pardon us for laughing, yeah. Chuck. You've <laughs> called me us a, for laughing. Chuck. You've called me a baller before. I would expect that this pardon? would be the. Yeah, the we same forget me for laughing. We forget pardon. your prowess. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I forget. I forget how good you are. Thanks, <laughs> <man. laughs> he I just thought, what, what would be the goal? All right, you, you go into solitude for four days. You go to the mountains. You 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 lock yourself in a room. Whatever you do. What's the goal? To come out with clearer thoughts, new ideas? What's Aaron Rodgers trying to accomplish? He's probably getting baked. You think that's what's going on? I bet he's, I mean, I bet he's bringing, he does the herbal stuff. I bet that's what he's doing. I bet something. <laughs> think he's in a TP doing peyote for four days. <laughs> you think something, that's what's man. really going on? Yeah, I, I mean, he's not, what, what do you do like that for four, yeah. four days? You just sit there? He's not even a married man with kids. He'd need a full 10. <laughs> I don't think I'd have the patience. No, I, that doesn't appeal. That doesn't appeal. It sounds like it would appeal to Chuck to a certain degree, but I don't know. I mean, I've I've watched enough Shawshank Redemption to know that going into the hole's no fun. No, I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine uh, spending four days voluntarily in a dark room. Hopefully, he brings some food and water with him. Yeah, I just hey, how about finishing above five hundred next year? Yeah, that, you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe. 
maybe that ought to be the first goal. That would be a goal that I think some people would desire. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.